1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Welcome to FST, the Memorial Day Weekend Edition. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Mike Blewett, along with my longtime friend and partner in crime when I visit his show. Uh, but today, we're going to be doing this show together, and that's Cam Stewart. What's up, Cam?
2: Hey, Mike, what's happening, buddy? I'm Houston e- Morency Hey, Blue, where, where, where are you doing this show? From the submarine? <laughs> That's right. You sound so I'm at a legit, clear, like we, could, a we could water ski
1: right now. <laughs> that's right. I'm at, at a legitimate microphone today and a legitimate studio setup. Uh, so I'm, I'm trades, happy to. Mike,
2: you're, you're, jack, thanks, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. Yeah. That's the thing. We didn't know you, you had, uh, you know, friends in the Philadelphia Sixer organization. And then you, went right. to, you went to Beth Page Black. I'm like, wow, Mike, I did. Like, that's awesome, man. Like, I, honestly, I did. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something like we get sports bucket list stuff like, you know, very, very rarely. And I was working for a television station and uh, they were going to be streaked Basically, honest with you, they were really cheap with money. So they're like, you know what? Yeah. We're actually going to send you to the Masters if you do reports for our station, our affiliate, and whatever. So we had to bang off like three separate reports. But I'll tell you, who cares that we got up at four o'clock in the morning? Mike, it was one of the best experience of my life. And you know me, I'm a big, big golf guy, and it was awesome. Yeah. And I remember Brent Snedeker, that tournament. I've actually bet him. He was 250 to one. It was the year he, uh, he shot that 59. Like, I remember. From that. Vanderbilt in Tennessee, Southern guy, really wanted to play well at Augusta. And uh, it was the year he was leading after three rounds. And I'm like, oh my he God, it's going to win Sunday. like. He, he sure did. He was going to win about $7,000. And I remember at the end, I was in the press conference when he was crying. And I was like crying for him because <laughs> he was so. He was actually, you know, when you meet the athletes too. And it was, I'm, I was really young and nervous. And, you know, him and Hunter Mahan and a couple other guys really gave me the time of day where some guys, you know, some veterans on tour kind of brushed me off. F off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to talk or whatever. So, I have a special uh, heart in my, uh, you know, special place in my heart for certain guys for giving like a young kid uh, a chance and some time, and he gave me like a five six minute one on one, and guys don't do that at the Masters, a real class. That's act. awesome, and you know, it,
1: you know, for better or for worse, uh, I vividly remember Snedeker getting really emotional, and you could tell. Look, there are those moments in sports cam where. You, you can be a cynical sports fan all you want and say, yeah. ah, you know what? I don't feel bad for that guy. He's out there playing golf every day, and he's making big money, and, you know, I'm grinding it out at my 9-to-5, and I, I or I'm on the late shift or the third shift or whatever. Yep. Screw those guys. There's people out there like that. I've never been that sports fan. I don't want to be that sports fan. I don't want to be cynical like that because I want to enjoy the experiences that you just talked about. But in that moment, I do still vividly remember how emotional Snedeker got. And he was sat there, and he faced the music, and he had a really tough Sunday. He was kind of coming out of nowhere. Nobody really knew who he was at that moment. And for him to be leading after three, that's a dream realized. And it vanished in front of him. And frankly, he hasn't really been that close since. So I felt for him in that moment. You have those moments where you feel genuinely bad for an athlete, and I did that day for him.
2: Yeah, and you forget, yeah, he finished, actually, yeah, so Sunday was a little bit rough, and then he got it together. Uh, he finished T3 with Tiger Woods in that tournament. That's right. And nobody knows the winner. Trevor Immelman from South Africa actually ended up winning that, winning that yes. tournament, and I was working with uh, Adnan Virk at the time. who works for ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Well, did at then, and I remember he knew he didn't know golf or whatever like that, and basically it was so crazy there. I gave him this guide the PGA guide and I'm like okay yeah Dan you know I'm gonna go out to have a beer with my cameraman or whatever like that he didn't know anything the next day ranked 24th in the world 32nd in the world 17th there's an Adam Scott you know what I mean he knew everything yeah. Justin Rose Adam Scott whatever he had like a photographic memory it was uh qu- quite a masters but it would have been really nice if Snedeker won but that's sports too Mike not everything yeah. has a happy ending right yeah yeah so
1: my experience at Bethpage was a lot of fun you know I, I know uh, you're listening to us on Memorial Day weekend, and uh, Beth Page is seemingly in the rearview mirror, but it wasn't that long ago. I, I really had a, a re- really fun day there. I, I did awesome. a, a spot. I did a spot for uh, the Make It Rain Morning Show with um, with Dane and Joe Rainieri, and I know I talked to you guys a bunch about it. The weather that we thought might hinder the play in that tournament. Didn't really, wasn't really a huge factor. It was warm enough. The greens were a little softer than they usually are, but that course is brutal, and I don't know that it always shows on television, but when you're there in person, you understand how difficult the course is for, uh, for a very specific reason. As you know, the rough in on that course is extremely difficult. You have to keep it in the fairway. Similar to Shinnecock last year, which I also went to, you have to keep it in the fairway. But what makes it so difficult are the blind approach shots, Camp on that course, yes. There are many, many greens, which are up on hills. And if you're a, a regular hack golfer, you can't be on Bethpage Black. You can't be out there because you'll shoot 200. And yeah,
2: yeah, I don't Gamers one sixty, I'm like, Yeah, no. If we counted every shot, probably like two two forty. Like I don't two think bottom line is uh, and I used to be a really good golfer when I was younger. When I worked at a country club, I cleaned clubs. Is actually, uh, you know, when Mike Weir and Steve Stricker were on the Canadian Tour, they had the CPGA Championship at the place that I worked, But uh, that's what people don't really understand. And of course, that difficult. You could think, okay, well, I shoot eighty something on a regular course. No, no, like you're, you're you're you you can't finish, Mike. I had I had guys that I know, a friend of mine, played on uh, some mini tours and stuff like that. And he he was in the an amateur tournament, and he has a twin brother who was his caddy, and he's like he was so embarrassed like when the wheels fall off in golf the wheels fall off and he was going to yeah. shoot like a 90 and other guys are shooting like in the 70s like break my arm or you know you got to hurt me the only way I could can, can walk off right now like I just don't <laughs> want to do it like I need some kind of injury <laughs> like he's like are you serious I remember he, he didn't end up breaking his arm but because you just don't want to quit but that's what golf will do to you it'll make you quit it'll yeah. uh, it'll take away your will and that's an excellent point you bring up about uh, Beth Page Black uh, and, and I want to tell you like that's the thing about Augusta people ask me oh you know it looks so great on TV, and you know the holes. I go, the craziest thing is, the TV, the one thing it doesn't give you is undulations. There are so many side hill lies that people don't understand about. Like You know what I mean? Downhill lies, side hill lies. You look at that stuff and go, oh, that looks like a pretty easy shot. No, no. Everything sloped and on angles, so that's the beautiful thing. I would consider Guys, if you're a sports fan out there and you love golf, like go live. It's one of those things that for football, why, we don't need to, Mike. I, I got three fantasy teams, huge cash leagues. You know what I mean? We bet on yeah. every game. I stay at home. I, I I can't go to a Bills game anymore. I feel like I'm in jail almost because I, I'm away from everything. But golf's a little bit different. You can go to different holes and run, and you don't have to follow necessarily Tiger Woods. If you're fantastic or somebody else, boom, yeah. there's like nobody there in that group because they're all probably following the more popular players. So I think it's one of the sports, like, going out there. It's it's a real nice uh, afternoon out.
1: So I've been to three majors, all in the New York area, sort of near where I live. They're not the easiest things to get in and out of. You have to understand that going in. You've got tens of thousands of people going to a golf course. They're typically not made to handle that. Now, (laughs) Bethpage Black and Shinnecock, (laughs) in particular, are more difficult because – they actually can handle a lot of people. I think in the past Beth Page uh, broke the attendance record at a golf tournament in the past, just because it's a heavily populated area. You get there relatively easily. I know I'm talking about the difficulty, but it, you know, it, I left my house, which is I call it twelve miles from that course, and I was there in you know an hour and fifteen minutes because you got to do a shuttle and you take a uber to a shuttle and you do that but you know i was on the course by 8 30 in the morning cam beat most of the crowd there and you're right I it is i pr- i prefer to go on a friday because i would like to be on in front of the tv on a sunday where, or on saturday when it's moving day and you can bounce around to the different holes it's a little bit more difficult but, but being there in person does not preclude you from that experience. I camped out on two. There was a hill on two at Bethpage under the shade, and I got to watch everybody come through. And for those of you that were watching at home last week and were like, ah, two doesn't look that bad. It's a short par three. It's a it's – a, yeah, it was a par three. Like you can drive it. You just – no, it's a short par four is what it was because you could hit iron, approach shot, one putt, and you're home. Everybody came Everybody blew that putt, all of them. Yep, except <laughs> yeah. for two guys. Adam Scott hit a bomb from twenty-five oh, yeah. feet, and <laughs> Kepka hit it bombs. so tight that he was uh, he was within four feet. So, and that was it. Everybody else blew the birdie putt because it's awesome. plywood. <laughs> yeah, it's I know, plywood. People it's don't It's so get it. fast.
2: Like, it's crazy, man. Like I, I that, that's the thing about golf. It's just one of those sports, and like I, I've, I've fallen in love. Like ever since I was a kid, that was like next to playing hockey. You know, golf. Golf was my game. I've had a lot. I have a lot of friends that are scratch golfers, like guys who are very close to going on many tours. So it's just something I can't even play with these guys anymore. Like they go on North Carolina vacations, and I'm like, yeah. They go. We love you, Cam, for the jokes, but like these guys are shooting like 69, Mike. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. I can't get. I can't get involved in this cash game. And same thing. Like even Glen Abbey, which isn't a very like as difficult course I not mean, in Beth page Black's leaky but i try you know they try to replicate the tiger woods bunker shot one of the most famous shots when he went you know over the waterway onto the 18th hole and stuff but on tv you're like whoa that looks pretty cool you'd look at it in real life man nobody it's almost like it's a impossible. miracle you're like there is no way this guy yeah, could have done that. Do that and every every turkey tries every duffer tries and they're like you know 150 yards short flare it air you know, so yeah, it's it's golf's one of those sports. It's actually cool. I think going in person is uh, the the way to go. It's awesome. Yeah, That's I great, highly, I'm highly glad recommend you got to experience it. that. That's way. Yeah, it's
1: fun. It's, it was fun. Um, and and Friday, the reason Friday is kind of cool too is because <clears throat> first of all, you get to see everybody, even the guys that are going to miss the cut. You, you know, if they're having a bad day, you still get to see them uh, where they won't be around for Saturday. And and the way Beth Page did it, they teed off uh, at one and ten morning sessions, and then 1 and 10 afternoon sessions. So no matter where you were on the course, you were getting golfers coming through. There wasn't a minute during the day where there was a hole that was lagging behind or empty or anything like that. So I thought they did a really nice job, accommodated a lot of golfers, a lot of golf fans, and overall it was a good day. So uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff today. Uh, for the Memorial Day weekend show. And by the way, if you want to follow any of us on Twitter, I'm at Mike Blewett. Uh, the network is at FNTSY Radio. And Cam, you are at Cam Stewart Live, correct?
2: Correct, Mike. Good so, stuff. Yeah. keep <laughs> yeah. G- 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 busting my balls all the time. You should hear me <laughs> on social media more. I'm like, I got a girlfriend. You know what I mean? I'll tweet out, like, some golf picks and a couple other things. But, yeah, I, I could be better on social media, Mike. But, hey, football season, uh, it's a-, a few months away. I know we get uh, very active because we, we got a hands ha- our hands in a lot of pies when the NFL gets going.
1: No doubt. I mean, I'd like to be better on Twitter. I'll be the first one to admit. But yeah, much like you, I got two little kids. <laughs> I got... Uh, professional responsibilities. We got this show. You know, we My do parents some are getting older. I take yeah. them to their
2: appointments. Like I just—that's yeah. one of those. We got to do what we got to do. It's <laughs> yeah. the bottom it's, line, it's, right? it's
1: hard to be. It's hard to be uh, locked in all the time. But uh, follow us, and you can find out where we're doing shows and, and everything else. We'll have a guest on uh, later today. Bob Lung from Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Uh, he's going to be on with us later to talk football. We're going to do. We're going to have fun with the show today. We're going to keep it. We're gonna kind of do uh, take a step back, not get specific about uh, games over the weekend, but maybe talk about the outlook today. Really, in my estimation, maybe even if it was yesterday, is kind of the unofficial start to summer. Um, Memorial Day barbecues happening for a lot of people all throughout the weekend, and even though you are uh, my neighbor to the north, I'm sure you can partake in a Memorial oh, Day yeah. barbecue just for fun.
2: Big time, Mike. I celebrate both holidays. That's the way I roll because you know me, Smart. right? I like to go to all. Yeah, I go to all events and working at fantasy and a lot of guys are from New York, so even if I work the Canadian holidays, I take the American ones off, and I'm just waiting for this. Uh, hopefully, the the weather uh, it gets a little bit better. It's been it's been nice the last couple of days. Just to further to your point, Mike, before we get to baseball, football, and everything yeah. else uh, in the segments yeah, yeah. moving forward, I learned a lot from that uh, from the golf tournament too. Just I, I think it was a good good uh, you know prerequisite to like guys like Matt Wall who play on the european tour like look for him at the open championship down the line I agree. jordan spieth uh starting to find game you know what i mean so uh, if you can a- a put in a nice top 10 top 20 performance at beth page black look at some of those guys that didn't fade under pressure because if you can play that track it, it, you know what i mean and keep it together and not blow up you should be considered into the rest of the majors uh coming up in the future year I think he'll have money on Tommy Fleetwood at every major Definitely. Until he wins it. I, I <laughs> agree with he you. Wins with under, I agree He's just got a game that can win a major. I, I don't know he, what happened at Bethpage. It's a He can't put course. four rounds together. It's it's weird. And and all of a sudden he it's starts like Ricky to Faller. think like he, Yes. Ricky Fowler's a, another great example. But Fleetwood, his ball striking is one of the best in, in the world. And all of a sudden, some days he, and you know what? Nobody burns more edges than that guy on putts. Yeah. Like he never misses a putt by like six feet. It'll lip out or, you know what? Fall up short. Actually, one of the things that he does that drives me crazy, Mike, right on line, short. Yes. Right on line, short by a ball, short by just a little bit harder, buddy. I know, guys. Yeah, you got to bet Tommy Fleetwood, and at the Open Championship, he'll be on the list. But watch out for guys like uh, like Matt Wallace and Eric Va- Van Van Ruin, like guys uh, guys like that. I follow yes. I follow golf a lot, and you'll get a nice price like fifty to 1, 80, hundred to one stuff like that. Even for you know, sprinkle around top five and top ten bets too.
1: Yeah, I I think you know you're not getting you're not going to get a great price on speed. but I thought it was really encouraging the way he played over the weekend at Bethpage. So, uh, definitely guy to look for. Uh, most underrated thing I saw over the weekend: Paul Casey's got Popeye forearms like I've never seen in my oh, life. Yeah, he's ripped. He's a <laughs> co- compact <laughs> British golfer, but the guy is jacked. Like you, you would expect him to not be a golfer the way he looks. So we'll come back. We'll talk baseball outlook for the rest of the season, home run titles, injury updates, and more. It's FST. We'll be right back. It's Mike Camp. You don't get a lot
2: of Simon and Garfunkel on a Saturday morning <laughs> sports show. If, if Sean played that on our afternoon oh. show, he, he, he'd be getting uh, pieces of uh, speaker in his head. Sure. <laughs> I'll tell you, Mike. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't get you don't a ton of it.
1: But uh, <laughs> yes. the hot t- this will not stop the hot talk from flowing. I assure exactly. you on this Memorial Day weekend edition of FST. Thanks for joining us, I, So I,
2: I love I love angle too. You know, we do the show. I know, Joe. You you do you do uh, the really really pre pre stuff, and I do the afternoon stuff. And then that, when Engel is there, that that guy he just like before. I can't. I, I just crack up going into breaks. I love that guy. He's I mean, amazing. Sean
1: works like is Sean works like twelve hour shifts <laughs> on the weekends basically. So yes. at some point he's going to get loopy. Uh yeah, he's just loony from standing tits. in front of a board. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anybody would. So. So, uh but he does a great job so uh happy to have him here with us on this show and we'll bring him in a little bit later to to chat about whatever he wants he he, he i'm sure he'll want to talk about game of thrones but I don't watch it, so I can't contribute, and he might spoil stuff for people that are a season or two behind.
2: I I blindly bet it, Mike, just for a joke. I wanted to do a comparison, like so some of the sports books offer, you know, the presidential props, the crazy props, and whatever. And uh, it didn't go very well. So it's one of those things. I'm uh, like just basically dicking around with five and ten dollar bets. Ooh, this guy sounds pretty interesting. Will he die first? Like we just kind of did a test, and I'm like, wow, that's uh that's the world we live in, though. You could bet on anything, but uh, I'm not really a, a Game of Thrones guy either. As as we talk about, I, I probably would get into it if i started watching it and the problem is i can't i'm almost preventing myself from watching good shows like that now because of time you know what i mean because other things won't get done that's the problem i don't need to be addicted to another show i got a lot of things that i already i'm already hooked on
1: there is a time (laughs) in my life where i consider myself to probably be a movie snob and i watched every new show that hbo could pump out Uh, And then, frankly, I started broadcasting a a while back. So, you know, 15 years ago, I was the guy that was seeing every movie. Started broadcasting a lot more and got married, had two kids, and then everything went away. So the only time I ever watch a movie now is if I'm on a flight somewhere where I can lock in. And I understand it isn't the greatest experience, but I can lock in and just uh you know have my thoughts to myself and kind of catch up on whatever oscar winner uh i missed over the previous year but to your point like you know we're watching games every night so yeah, how much time do i have for game of thrones i think it's good to take a respite at some point but typically i'm doing that and just hanging out with the kids or, movies or actually c- speaking to my wife
2: yeah movies too i'm not just saying that like my girlfriend and i she wanted to go to a movie and then she was going to go with her friend and we're just, just going through them going at yeah, like Pokemon undercover and stuff. I'm like pass. Like I'm <laughs> like. i don't mean? to see that so badly. <laughs> well, <that's> a,
1: <laughs> I might have to do that today.
2: Uh, it's undercover. It's what is it? Undercover Pikachu. Pokemon yeah, like, Detective Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> so yeah. I'm like okay. Yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. I was Angle just, and I'm going in. through it. I'm going, eh, 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 and I'm like, wow. Where's that like movie that I really, really want to see? And then I, and I'm thinking, Mike, it's kind of like the formula, like the way the NFL is. Maybe just throw some bombs and you, you know, get a pass interference flag. It feels like just movie based movie queen. You know what I mean? Bohemian Rhapsody, and then they got this Elton yeah, yeah. John movie coming out too. It's like this seems like uh, those are ways to print money nowadays. You basically have some like retro movie film and uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, do yeah. it that way. Absolutely. So, all right, let's uh, so let's turn things over to baseball.
1: Um, I, I know you have a few injury updates which are important because some of the guys that are dinged up right now are off to great starts this season.
2: Yeah, big one, Mike. We talk about uh, Springer on, on the Houston Astros, and uh, he just came back from that back injury and now uh, on the IL with a hammy injury. So you got to be a little bit uh, concerned about that injury, too. Houston's rolling right now, so you don't really have to worry about it. You know what I mean? He could take an extended period of time. Nothing's going to happen to them. They're easy to vision. They're cruising, but uh, kind of concerning because one, uh, as, as you know, Mike, one was a back injury and that he's back from the back injury, and now it's a hammy. Yep. So you look at a guy like him too. Also, uh, you know, hitting the ball deep uh, in, in the he's home. He's a max effort player. Yes. yes, he is. Yes, he is. So the the only downside
1: to those guys is this is just going to happen. I think you have yep. to live with it. It was Ken Griffey twenty years ago. It's guys like George Springer now. He's not the only max effort player out there, but I love watching him. He's awesome. He's a toolsy player. He's got a lot of tools, and he shows it on the back of his baseball card, so to speak, every year. He's currently third in the league in home runs with 17. He's hitting over 300, you know, OPS over 1,000. So uh, the problem is he's just going to get banged up at times. I think he does a pretty good job, frankly, year over year being out there on the field. But I I think you're just going to have to live with it sometimes with players
2: like this. Didn't you have Springer in uh, one of those guys, like, home run chase type of prop? type? Because uh, the guy, it's actually one of those things. Like, you, you look at him, he does everything well, but he also goes deep.
1: Yes. Yes. Plus, he plays in Houston. And anybody Perfect. can hit home runs in Houston. So uh, it's a nice place to be. I'm trying to see where he's at right now. Springer has played in, yeah, 48 games so far. So he's out there almost every day. Uh, but it looks like there's a little bit of a setback here. Anybody else there uh, dinged up that's uh, noteworthy?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, good news is this one's retroactive, but Chris Davis of Oakland, I think that one's a little bit different. Um, you talk you talk about uh, he's been he's been on fire. The injury retroactive to May 22nd, uh, Mike. But I'll tell you something. It's a left hip oblique uh, contusion, and that's something to worry about there. And Oakland's a hell of a lot different than a team like uh, the Houston Astros. There, they need they need his bat. Um. Uh, the average is a little bit down, you know, thirty-one. He's hitting two two forty-eight right now, twelve home runs, like key to the Oakland A's offense. But uh, I worry about stuff like a hip contusion, and uh, I, I don't know. But we'll, we'll see. They shut down his swinging uh, for five days. But Chris Davis is out. Uh, some positives: Trevor Story. Uh, doing some great things, and what can you say? I know a lot of fantasy owners reaping the rewards. My buddy in a big uh, in a big league, uh, he's he's on fire right now. Fastest shortstop ever to reach a hundred career home runs. By and a lot, grabbed, too. Yeah, yeah, by a lot.
1: A <laughs> rod. For those of you wondering, A rod was the person whose record he beat. A-Rod hit his 100th homer in 470 games. Story did it in his 448th game. So he beat it by a pretty good margin. Um, Arod obviously continued to tear it up for decades. But uh, Trevor Story, really good player, plays with another excellent player, Nolan Arenado. They have a hell of a left side of the infield there in Colorado for a long time. I- I'm a big fan of Story. I don't have him on my fantasy teams this year, but uh, a-,
2: a nice accomplishment for him. Yeah, you talk about it. When he first came into the league, what was the problem? Like the strikeouts, right? He's yes. one of those guys, but uh, his power is absolutely stunning. You're also playing in a beautiful ballpark. Best of the best for doing stuff like that. So Trevor Story, he's a guy No, I absolutely love him, and I think he's just becoming a better all round baseball player as time progresses with the power. And, and kind of a shocking thing, uh, I know uh, the Twins, second team in history to hit 100 home runs in their first 50 games, and, if you were to make a bet, I don't think you'd have the Minnesota twins listed. Uh, You know what I mean? If we had a bet, they wouldn't probably go around Mike for, for a while. You take a hell of a lot of teams before them, but they're doing it. And last, you know, a a perfect example. They just keep on, they just keep on keeping on. They just rake and rake and rake and no lead with any other team is safe. They come back in games. They go deep. They have a lot of weapons. And I remember when we were looking at the odds from the sports books, I said, Hey, I was talking to Marenzi during our afternoon show. I go, give me the, tw- the the twins at fanduel they were plus 210 they were plus 210 a while ago to win that division now they're laying 40 cents and yeah. i got to be honest i got to be honest with you mike i'm not sold on cleveland uh they have the injuries with the pitchers and and history says even over time they tend to regress they get hurt and uh i just think that maybe this is the year we've been waiting a long time and sano's sano's back he's not really doing anything there's just so many other guys on the team and underrated guys they get production from the catcher position anytime they throw garver in there boom like it's really really nice to see because minnesota's one of those teams you thought they could be like uh that uh team that fits the sleeper mold and now they truly are yeah, so a few
1: things on the Twins. First of all, Sano went deep, uh, uh, finally. Uh, I have him on my fantasy team. He was somebody that I drafted really late. I stashed him on the DL. I'm happy to have him now because he's in a power-filled lineup. They're on pace to hit 327 home <laughs> runs, That's which nuts. would beat the Yankees' mark that they set last year by 33 plus 27. Uh, wow. by 60 so they beat it by 60 obviously i don't expect them to keep up that pace but it's really interesting because we've had this team that is sort of on the come here for a few years particularly with hitters that we expect might come together i think this is a confluence of events that really makes them look as good as they are right now and i'm not throwing cold water on them they got a new manager in Rocco Baldelli, which probably it seems to probably match up with the personalities well. He's a, it's a young team. He's yep. a younger manager, uh, first-time manager. So I think that comes together at the right time. Plus, the division has imploded completely. Two horrible teams. The White Sox obviously are in the midst of trying to build this team back up with their younger players and all the trades and acquisitions that they made for younger players. And Cleveland, which was my probably my favorite total bet going into the year, was the Cleveland under. I Good just call. did not like the way that this season could play out for them. Now with the pitchers getting hurt, it looks even better, but I just did not I just thought the Indians were on the wrong side of it this year. And the Twins were really the one team you could look at, Cam, and say, well, who's going to be vastly improved this year? Sure as hell wasn't going to be Detroit and Kansas City. Detroit hasn't even reached rock bottom yet. I have Shane Green on my, fan, on my big fantasy team, the uh, internal fantasy team here at uh, FNTSY, and he's killing it right now. He's got 15 saves uh, on the year. He blew one the other night, but uh, the reality is he's going to get moved probably. For a piece, for a contender is probably going to trade for Shane Green. What do they need a guy yeah. saving games for when they're 10 games below 500? It's not <laughs> Memorial your yet.
2: At, you're, whip, you're whipping out Shane Green. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Shane Green, it's a, it's a nice story. It's a smoke and mirror story, too. With 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 those with those saves, I know he's he's going to implode, and I'm with you. That's a great call, Mike. Like the Detroit Tigers, basically, when you're in a situation where you're 400 to one to win a division, you have absolutely no hope. Uh, you basically say, you know what? Everybody's up for sale. It's the grocery store here. Who do you want? Who do we want? We want prospects. Right. We want to we want to fill it up. And uh, the scary thing about the Twins, your point, you bring up excellent points too. And I've always been a huge Rocco Bell deli fan too. Um, they're now minus like you know when you look at it, the odds like minus 300, minus 400. They were plus two ten a few weeks. You know what I mean? Right. So I think I think a lot of gamblers, too. It's not just that they're coming on and going, okay, well. The White Sox are 150 to 1. They have some nice potential, nice pieces, but they're young. Uh, you know, I like uh, Giolito's been pitching better. You know, the Tigers, 400 to 1. Kansas City's a dumpster fire. And all we have to do is beat Cleveland. It's a, it's a really nice situation as a gambler to go, you know what? We only have one horse in this race. We don't have to deal with three or four. And uh, the, the line value for the Twins is absolutely evaporated. Like, and they had the highest run. Right- you're not yep. going to take And they at have at the highest run
1: differential in the league. Uh, yep. Cam at plus ninety seven. Cleveland's at plus one right now. So they're about where they should be. They're hovering what, around five
2: hundred. What happens when 20. Buxton totally finish uh, figures it out too? That's right. That's just, just another guy there. Like, I, I look at their lineup, and it's just a bunch of guys that don't really get respect, prospects that are going to start to get better. And, yeah, they're they're, they're a very dangerous uh, baseball team moving forward, Mike. i wish I got to be honest with you. I wish we had uh, them at the start of the year to win that division. I was with you. I, I was down on Cleveland when we did our, uh, you know, over-under totals, uh, team totals at the start of the year. I was down on Cleveland, too. I have, a, I have a bet on a couple books at the under. I just didn't think at the time to correlate it with the Twins winning the division. I should have probably done that. Would have been a smarter move.
1: Yeah, uh, most underrated comment that you made in the last couple of minutes is that Chris Davis is uh, only hitting 248. The single most amazing thing in the history of baseball statistically is the fact that the guy hit 247 four straight years and yes. he's hitting 248 <laughs> right now. It might be five in a row. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's yeah. I've never yeah. seen that. It's the most unbelievable stat that I could possibly think of is the guy hitting for the exact average. And it's not like
2: he's a part-time player. He's, he's not exact. a full-time player. That is such a good point. 2.7 on the nose. It's almost like you know doing uh you know a twelve game parlay card betting in football and going zero every single you know what I mean. It's almost harder that way to to not get one game right when you're trying to win. This guy year after year after year, you know, Mike. It's got to be equivalent. Like if we threw that in the super math machine and you're a really bright guy, that's got to be almost like I'm not going to say major lottery odds, but it's got to be somewhere where like it's astronomical for that to happen. I don't even know it what the like odds picking, would
1: be. It would be like picking the 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 tournament, the NCAA tournament, perfectly. Yes. It would be like that. Like, it's impossible. It's impossible <laughs> that that would happen with all the amount of outcomes that played appearances in the amount of time he did that. 440, 652, 654, and now another 173. The number of outcomes that it would take to get to the exact same batting <laughs> average
2: over four seasons is incalculable. So, that's a great observation by you. That yeah, not that's just stupid. You're right. Yeah. Like, that's one of that's one of life mysteries, like the caramel secret. There, I was going to ask you about the MLB East. That, if you're talking about divisions and whatever like right now you got the yankees at about a buck 30 to to win that division the, the rays plus 270 red Sox plus 300 uh we won't even talk about the jays 500 to one orioles 2000 see ya but uh, three teams with a legitimate chance in the east that's where betting becomes very very interesting boston at plus 300 seems a little bit intriguing don't you think mike i think the value you're going to get here is the Sox. the problem is that
1: they are probably better built for the postseason than they are the regular season right now because the bullpen is a mess. They do have to make an acquisition before the deadline, and you would trust that Dave Dombrowski will do that. Uh, but, they are look, they're back on their feet. It's not like they're a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. They didn't play well, and the bullpen stinks. Uh, in the long run, they're only six games out. Uh, we're it's Memorial Day weekend that can vanish in a week, whether it's now or in September. So I think if you're playing the value game, clearly you want to be on the Sox here. I'm on FanDuel Sportsbook, so it's at plus two eighty.
2: Plus two eighty, yeah, still, still in, in the in the ballpark. By the way, those guys get some wicked props <laughs> when we're doing those ads. I'm like, God, I got to get to New Jersey. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, they do some really cool things, and that's another thing. Remember, remember, remember that hockey game the Blues game. It was a while ago then. Remember, I can't call up my book and go, you know what? Well, FanDuel in his jerseys refunding a bet because a guy scored a go- overtime goal on a hand pass. And I had a lot yeah. of things going on with the Blues, Mike. It wasn't just like $50, bucks, 100 bucks. Like It was a, a significant amount of money. I can't call up my book or my guy, hey, uh, you know that Blues game? Whoa, I had some really bad luck there. You think about uh, refunding my money? They laugh at you. So, I got to hand it to those guys. They've done really great with the customer service. They're figuring it out. Yeah. And when you do things like that, you're going to have customers for life so i know it's also good advertising for them but that's that's a great way to be when you open a book not stiffing people early you're giving them a reason to bet at your house plus they
1: took it on the chin they lost a 16 team parlay recently uh mike cardano told me a guy put together a 16 teamer and he put he put a lot of money down on it which uh, when mike cardano explained this to me uh, I said, who puts that kind of money down on a 16-team parlay? You're just lighting it on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this guy this he guy wasn't. got creative. He did cross sports. He he hit Smart. it. Smart. It's amazing. Uh, and he won a, a, an absurd amount of money. Um, I'm sure the sports book will share it at some point if they haven't shared it already. But it was a massive parlay. And I think, I think it's going to cause them to be in the red on the month. I, I'm laughing because... The sportsbook's going to be fine in the long run. Oh, they'll be fine. Run cam, I'm not (laughs) really concerned about them. Uh, We we always laugh about the Vegas stories or the sportsbook stories about how they took a beating over the weekend. I'm like, well, you're building a new casino currently, so I think it's going well for you uh, overall. Let's come back and do the home run props, uh, home run champ props after the break. It's Mike and Cam. Home run props for the rest of the season after this. back to FSD Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day Weekend Edition, and to all the veterans out there who continue to fight for us and have uh, sacrificed their lives, I give a special thanks to you. Um, My my brother-in-law is an active military member in the United States National Guard, Army National Guard, so... Uh, props to hank and for those that have fought and uh, allow us to sit here and talk about uh, props on a memorial day weekend and just generally screw around and have fun so uh to all those out there and for for those of you enjoying yourselves uh this weekend please do so safely i wouldn't want anything bad to happen because we need you to listen in and talk to give us a call about player props and, and all this other kind of stuff so I was talking to Cam before the break. This can happen at times, uh, which is why you need to sometimes jump on wagers when you see them. Uh, I was on FanDuel Sportsbook online yesterday, and I pulled up all the home run props. And today, it seems to not be available. So it's hurting my segment. But I want to start it off with one player because it was the guy that I was focused on when I was looking at it at the beginning of the year Gary Sanchez was 60 to 1. <laughs> yes, for home run, uh home run champ. Now they don't break it down by league. It's just who leads the uh, who leads MLB and homers. Sanchez was at 60 to 1. Now I'm a Yankees fan and Gary Sanchez really frustrates me. I think he's really frustrated a lot of Yankees fans. But what you can't argue is <laughs> how good of a hitter he is exactly and how hot he can get and he's currently despite being on the DL and playing having played 10 to 12 or more or less games than some guys plus he's a catcher he's hit 15 home runs on the year it's just five off the pace yelich leads it right now his odds have dropped down to like 40 35 to 40 to 1 depending on what book you're on but gary sanchez somebody you would bet on now he is a catcher but he does DH on his days off. So uh, at thirty-five, forty to one, you like somebody like that?
2: Mike not only that and I know you went to Boston College and you're a very very bright guy it's not just the the home runs that he's hit 15 and I understand the catching position you're talking about exit velocity and stuff you know Uh, basically it's what we talk about I'm a little bit mixture of the old school but with the new school and you have to take into account all these things that are happening you know Yankee Stadium's a bandbox. there when the weather picks up balls are going to fly out and his exit velocity 114.9 miles per hour off the bat like Gary Sanchez doesn't get cheated either those home runs are absolutely monstrous so you know i'm always looking for a bet They're, you're not going to win them all the time but when you think something should be you know in the 10 to 15 range and you're at uh, to one and you're getting 30 that's what we call a value bet you know when you assess all the numbers i think he's great i also joey gallo you'll probably only get maybe i'm not, probably about short shortest odds
1: yeah, yeah it was he, less he, than that yesterday was it, it was five like, four it was, maybe? Yeah, it was like four and a yeah. half i think uh yeah plus so, 450
2: yeah. i like gallo yeah. and I, i'm and for me mike you know what i mean sometimes you gotta you, you gotta look at um other parks cincinnati's another park that you can and quietly falling under the radar i think this guy would have to be in like the 80 to one rage suarez does he got 14 dingers already for uh, cincinnati I'm it up right now eugenio, yes it's exactly uh, where he is. eugenio suarez eugenio suarez Hover's. Yes. Yeah, so I've been, and you know what I mean? And he, he doesn't get cheated either. It's, I'm just saying for when you want to look at a, sometimes in a horse race, we take a, wow, that horse is really good. I understand there's other beautiful, beautiful horses in the race, but I'm getting a, a really good number on him in Cincinnati, but I love where you're going with Sanchez. I think Sanchez, yeah. With 50, 15 home runs in the missed time, uh, that number, you're getting a little bit of line value there. And I think most people they'll, they'll, they'll either bet on Yelich or your gallo or <clears throat> one of the, one of the favorites. Sometimes you got to think outside the box.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the the positive is that even with guys like Yelich and Gallo, which have the shortest odds, you're still getting plus odds. It's not like exactly. anybody's at negative odds. There's still way too much time left in the season. And Christian Yelich has proven to be, I mean, he's on the short list for best players in baseball, obviously coming off the MVP and producing like this, hitting currently 325, 20 homers, 42 ribbies, uh, OPS at one uh 1185 right now so uh he's i mean i i still always think when i watch yelich like how devastated you'd be as a marlins fan that the guy is just not part of your your future do you know what i mean just such a great baseball yeah. player it was a fleece uh,
2: job <laughs> like,
1: yeah. you don't, like you don't think yelich ozuna baseball? stanton went for yeah. pennies on the dollar
2: yeah they're, they're that organization's a train wreck um it's funny you know, too. Uh, you know the national struggle and then uh you know uh the, the Mar- marlins have big leads they piss away leads they're just i don't know what derek jeter's doing with that franchise right now <clears throat> um you know remember remember the incident mike when marlin fan went down they find out like a it, where's he- where's headquarters at a PO box yeah, and some yeah, offshore yeah. like it's just yep. like, come on man yep. like yeah. this, it's it's run like a joke and then you have franchises you know, Montreal loses a team. You can't be any worse than uh, Milwaukee. It seems like the league and Tampa Bay, the Rays are actually a good ball team, but they're a gong show. There needs to be, like, mix-up. It's kind of like the way I feel about uh, with the NHL hockey and t- contraction. Like, the Florida Panthers probably need to go, and there's about three or four other teams that need to go because it's an embarrassment, and the Marlins yeah. uh, fit the bill in in the MLB.
1: Yeah, it's a shame, too, because I think there's a couple of things that uh, at play. First of all, the previous owner Jeffrey Loria was a jerk. Yep, he, he was. fleeced the city for a stadium. He blew up that team uh, that had won. Then he fleeced the city for a stadium and immediately blew up the team. Everybody remembers like that Mark Burley team where they acquired all these players. They get the new stadium subsidized by the city of Miami and immediately blow up the team, and now they're the worst in sports. Jeter has absolutely made some missteps. I'm not going to sit here and be super fan number two and tell you what a great job he's done, but he really is trying to rip it down to the studs to build it back up. And that's how I'm going to judge him. Right. He said some things that are unpopular and flat out wrong, but I got to give Jeter two or three years before I start grading him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But, Cause they blew it up all the way down to the studs. They didn't have a legitimate farm system. They have to work on that. A long term it isn't going to be a team that is flush in revenue i don't think ever i just don't think miami supports teams like that even the dolphin the dolphins are really oh, yeah. the only, only game <laughs> in town you can't talk to me about the heat because that was an extremely once in a lifetime unique scenario what happened even, there even with,
2: when with they the were run? there mike with the heat i remember those runs too they still had empty seats Yes, during playoff games, like the Heat were were an absolute joke. Like when you from a fan from a fan basis, like you said it, you hit the nail on the head. It's a hot city. People like the nightlife. They're out partying. They go to the beach or whatever. Sports they're on their is kind boat. Of an a- yeah, sports. Yeah, sports are an afterthought there. And the people. And I hate to say it. Be you know, I've gone there for a, a, a national college football championship. I was there for the Oklahoma Florida game with uh, Sam Bradford and Tim Tebow, respectively. And you know, you got to see Miami. There's a lot of have-nots there too, and it's really sad. A lot of poor people I in agree. the community. So they can't afford they can't afford going to the games. The stadiums, it's just it's a gong show. The Miami sports scene's a gong show. Hell, when you go to a, when you go to a game, an NFL game, there's more Bills fans there. Oh my God, let's go to Miami for our, our family trip. We'll get we'll rip it up. We'll party. Single guys go grab their buddies. Let's go on a wicked trip and go to South Beach. Yeah, yes. the Miami sports scene stinks. It's here's it's, here's it's the best obvious. way I can
1: phrase my my opinion of Miami. And and look, Steve Ross has not done a good job. He's a extremely wealthy and successful businessman. And he has done everything he can from a business standpoint to try to improve the dolphins. But from a football operations standpoint, it's been a nightmare since he's been there. Um, They just they continue to struggle around this seven and nine, six and ten. Oh, we made playoffs, we're turning it around, but meanwhile that hurts you in the long run. This is the first time they're stripping it all down to the base and building it back up. But what I was going to say regarding the fan base is the most passionate Miami Dolphins fans I know, and Cam, we are in this world. We are listening to people. We are talking to people. We're around sports fans constantly. The most passionate Miami Dolphins fans I know are not from Florida. They are yes. from New York. They grew up, they're That's around true. my age. They grew up in the 70s when this. You, people often ask me why I'm a Steelers fan. There is a dynamic uh, amongst New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, you know, let's call it greater New York City area. There is a lot of us that are not Jets and Giants fans because in the 70s, those franchises were off awful. Horror. Yeah, they so they got horrible. blacked out yep. on TV. Good call. And we weren't going to go to see games there. So who was on when I was six years old? The Steelers, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Vikings. So you will find from this area... Legacy fans that are fans of the teams I just mentioned, and not the Jets and Giants. Some people eventually switched over. I didn't. Many people didn't. So, if you're wondering why the guy with the Long Island accent is wearing a Dolphins sweatshirt, that's why.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like here. It's like uh, here in Buffalo right you have you know Canada like that's the thing we you, you get the bills game you get buffalo news there's a fire in cheek Tawaga, like you know what I mean? it's Irv weinstein it's 1107 do you know where your children are like you become you know <laughs> rick generet the voice of the sabers mayday mayday like it's yeah. a part of it's a part our, of our culture you know what i mean like yeah. that's the new that's the news we get like you look around bills fan bills fan bills fan a lot of bills fans but uh and you know and, and then their buddies become patriot fans just to stick it to bills fans because the patriots are successful or whatever right for me uh just being a seahawk fan it was just when i was a kid kid, I'm like, wow, look at, look at Steve Largen and, you know, yeah. Jim Zorn and Dave Craig and I really like this running back, Kurt Warner and, you know, they were playing Denver on a game and I was a kid when I was getting into sports and then they were on again and they upset Kansas City. I was like, wow, this, this became my, that's my team. I'm a, I'm a Seahawk guy, but that's a great point that you bring up. A lot of transplanted New Yorkers, too, living there. It's just, it's a real bad community for professional sports teams and you know you know i follow hockey a lot mike and the panther franchise is an absolute joke they used to be able to go to uh the liquor store hey bought buy a bottle of smirnoff get uh the panther tickets like you know what i mean yeah. go to Mc, go to mcdonald's with a with your uh you know if you buy a family meal and, and these tickets like sometimes are not even nosebleeds it's like Look, what t- are you game, the doing The good teams
1: have to do that the yeah. good teams have to do that you can imagine what they're trying to do to get people to go see a hockey game in oh. south florida It isn't a city that can can sustain for professional franchises, and they have that. I know it's a major city. It's got a big population, but it's not the culture there. No. They're at concerts. They're on their boat. The, the, you'll you'll be get better attendance at a regatta than you will at a Florida Panthers uh, game by a mile. So I, I know uh, we're going
2: to go through the NFL uh, props, uh, the team totals, but yeah. I gotta believe with Rosen, like even and in that division with Buffalo getting better, even though the Jets are a bit of a gong show. I believe in uh, Sam Darnold, and I think that they're going to get better too. Uh, you know, I'm not sure Gase is the right guy, but I gotta believe Miami's just going to be absolutely horrid. Like, I, like yeah. bad, bad, bad to a point of what do you think mike like four four wins like I, like you know i'm thinking around uh, that number
1: here, why don't we do this? I'll save my hot take on Miami and Rose to the top of the hour, nice. and we'll we'll try to wrap up. We'll try to Ooh, wrap up him. some baseball. Yeah, that's right. We'll we'll do it. We're going to talk, talk with Bob Lung in our number two. He's fantasy football consistency guide. We're going to go through fantasy stuff. We'll talk props. We'll talk general outlook on the NFL. He's a big Browns fan, so an interesting uh, offseason for him to say the least. So. How about, let's just go, so AL East, what about, we talked about that. We talked yeah. about AL Central. Sorry, sorry, Cam, what were you going to say?
2: I just wanted to get one more guy for you, and, and you talk yeah. about effortless, effortless power and Cody Bellinger. You know, it's I just. Love him. Uh, my it's one player. of those things, too. When I watch golf, I'm like, how the hell does uh, Justin Thomas, who's a string bean or Rory McIlroy, be the biggest driver? It's it's also technique. It's not just strength. You know, like big guy like John he goes out there and murders the ball. It's also technique, extension, you know, bottom rotation, hip movement type of thing. And Cody Bellinger, you, I look at the categories, Mike, check 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 175 at bats 18 dingers already and he does it kind of effort, effortlessly when he and when he launches into one it is an absolute meteor shower like he's so he unreal the,
1: he leads the majors in ops he's second in the majors in home runs with 18 uh RBIs right now he's one off the pace Jay Bell she's from, from pirates is leading the league so uh for, bellinger bells, on, he, bell's up in
2: a wicked year Ooh, yeah shocker
1: yeah yeah, he's been a huge, and and Bellinger's hitting three eighty nine. By the way, so the articles start to come out, you know, even before Memorial Day. Uh, what it's going to take for him to hit four hundred? I'm not anticipating that, but Bellinger has been, you know, it's funny because I, I met his dad a long time ago. Clay Bellinger. He was a part-time player, sort of a rotational platoon guy with that 2000 Yankees team that won the World Series. I worked for a sports marketing firm all those years ago, and I just got to meet him during an autograph signing or something like that. Really nice guy, and to see his, you know, uh, his son just perform like this is is really cool, probably for him. And Bellinger has really just become an amazing player. The story I was telling Cam off-air before the show started about Bellinger is not just how good of a hitter he is but his speed is an elite at an elite level they measure splits from home to first and how quickly guys can get down the line in under four seconds it's a a very specific measurement that they have for speed to see how guys can leg out base hits and, and whatnot and he's got the most home-to-first, under-four-second splits in the majors. More than Billy Hamilton, more than D Gordon, more than any other speedster you want to throw out there. Uh, part of it is that he obviously puts, uh, he has a lot of contact in the way that he hits. But also, he's legging out bunts and uh, infield hits and things like that. So he's got a variety of different ways that he's going to get on base.
2: That's a really good point too. A lot of and a lot of hitters too, Mike. Kind of after what they do, you know, they hit and kind of pause there. Mm, where's it going? Type of thing. No, it's got to be like one fluid motion. Boom! I'm there. I'm hustling, taking those gazelle strides to first base. There's just so many things that that I love about Bellinger, just the way he plays the game. And uh, unfortunately for our home run prop, uh, people who bet aren't stupid. He's gonna be one of the favorites up there with uh, our boy Gallo. Like, hey, people yeah, know. Of course.
1: Yeah, um, Bellinger really on my fantasy team here. Another guy, Alex Bregman, who was my second-round pick. I went with a sale, Alex Bregman, uh, back-to-back in our our home league here uh, at FNTSY. And and Bregman's been great, too. Fifteen homers on the year. Uh, 261 average, but he's going to get it done over the course of the year. Hitting in that lineup, in that ballpark, Bregman was a guy I wanted to take a chance on. And i not take a chance on, but I wanted to lock up early. I felt better about him than I did some of the other options there. And Sale is straightening things out. So I'm looking pretty good there. But, I mean, Bregman, Sale, Bellinger, those are three of my first four picks. Uh, I'm in good shape right now. I'm in first place for now. Nice. I used to call the season today, yep. but
2: uh, <laughs> That's- i got a long way to go. <laughs> That's like me watching the horse race and the race and the race and the race and the, the race. I'm looking at Belmont. I'm like, oh, my God, they're still running. Like the stretch yeah. is just it's like, uh, OK, <laughs>
1: Belmont is forever. After you've watched the Preakness, Belmont feels like forever. So, oh, big time. Uh, yeah, we'll come back on the other side of it. We're going to talk football in hour number two and maybe even longer than that. We'll have Bob Lung for a while. But Cam and I'll come back. I'll kick it off with the Dolphins. How good are they going to be? In 2019, we'll talk all different kinds of props and fantasy rankings on FNTSY. It's a Memorial Day weekend edition of FST. It's Mike and Cam. We'll be right back.